Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, still no Jack Eichel trade. However, there are some recent developments that have come out in the past 24 hours up until the point of us recording this. Last night, during well, two nights ago, for those who are listening, during the ESPN broadcast, Emily Kaplan uh, had reported that it is pretty much down to Vegas and Calgary, and her exact words were, it is at the one-yard line. So that's not a whole lot new with that. Really, the main thing that I at least took from it is that it seems like Anaheim is fully out at this point. You know, leading up to really the past few days, it was clear that Vegas was the front runner. Calgary was still there, but it seemed like Anaheim still may have been lurking around in the background, but now it feels like Anaheim uh, barring something insane happening is, is all the way out on this. Now from there today, Friedman had said, quote, I think one thing that may have changed that has kind of changed the situation a bit is Buffalo's start. I think there was a time when they were looking for all futures or mostly futures. And now I think there's a chance they may be interested in somebody that can help them a little bit. Now, I do not believe for one goddamn second that to be true. And this ties into what we're going to be talking about in the second part of the episode which is the Sabres are beginning to come back down to earth now. And I have to think with all of the very, very, very smart hockey people that they have hired over the past year in the front office, guys who have a strong foundation in analytics and who not only are able to read just, you know, the, the numbers for what they are, but also predict what the future may hold for this team too, and being able to follow trends. And judging by how things have gone the past few games for the Sabres, even though they've been by all accounts in these games, they are starting to come back down to earth. So I don't necessarily know if I believe that. If it is the case, I would be really, really disheartened if they're shifting their focus from futures to guys who can help them now. I do think that there's maybe somewhere that you can meet in the middle on that where you're getting a guy who's maybe on the younger side but still is able to help you in the longer term. Like, you know, in terms yeah, like of Trevor Zegris. Trevor Zegris, I completely agree. I think he would help now and he'd help later. Um, but I, I just have a hard time believing that, you know, I, I really don't think that they would be willing to give up on, you know, future prospects or future, you know, just younger players in general or picks or whatever for somebody that's going to help with an immediate need, especially considering the fact that 
we are not very far removed from back-to-back years where they have really good runs and then quickly come crashing back down to earth. So what's your take on the latest, Taylor? I mean, is there anything really new? Are we all going to die and Jack Eichel will still be a Buffalo Sabre? Or do you think that this is going to get, get pushed over the goal line? Well, we probably all will die at some point. Um, you think? Well, maybe not. Maybe not me. Maybe so, not. yeah, I think it's cool that Jack Eichel uh, is getting homeopathic treatments in Canada. Um, hold on, I'm being handed something here. Oh, that's, oh. I'm sorry. I'm getting confused with Aaron Rodgers again. Jack Eichel, <laughs> um, okay, so I really just think this is going to happen when there's no noise. I'm not really basing that on anything, but, but every time there's a bunch of noise around it, it just seems to fizzle out, which is like, it's, yeah, it's, it's been infuriating. It's been, you know, almost six months now. So I, I hope <laughs> at some point we're just having a podcast where this isn't hanging over us. But yeah, this, so from the point of the future versus now, like what, what, what really constitutes being good now? Like I was trying to think of guys who aren't, don't make the Sabres better now. There's not that many like guys theoretically in a trade. Like, oh, the Sabres get Connor Zary in a trade. Maybe he's not very useful this year. Maybe Peyton Krebs isn't very useful this year at the NHL level. A lot of the higher end guys we were hoping for that they're never going to get, like Trevor Zegras, that's someone who's not likely or was not likely to be involved in a trade. But like, yeah, someone like that would make the Sabres better now anyway. But like to your point, like they're not playing particularly well the past couple games, and you wouldn't expect them to. And even if they were playing well overall, they don't really have the capacity to finish long term, and they don't have goaltending. I know we were really excited that the goalies are doing 950 for the first little while, but that's not going to hold up. Ultimately, no. Ultimately, the Sabres, they do have a few wins banked, so they'll probably be a little bit higher points percentage-wise, unless there's some weird luck at some point that sends them the other way. They'll probably be a little bit higher than we all thought, but maybe not that much higher, because let's say they're around, uh, hover around like 48% expected goals. That's better than most years Mm -hmm. in the past 10 years. So that would make them normally uh, just under a playoff team. But... Like I said, no finishing ability. I don't really have faith the power play is going to be great that much longer. And this goaltending, you really never know. Oh, I know it's not going to be this good all year. I don't know how bad it could get. So they're probably a team in the 70-something points. They're nowhere near a playoff team. Uh, don't buy. Well, like, what, do you, what, what are you doing with the now in the Eichel situation? Because none of you, there's, there's not like there's a bunch of prospects that are just ready to be in the NHL. I mean, we, there's probably a lot of conversations we'll have about how everyone looks in the, in the next few weeks, but like, you know, Paterka and Quinter in the AHL cousins is wouldn't be in the top six in any uh, decent NHL team, even if he's looked pretty good, you know, Darlene, who, you gotta talk about that. Yeah. Let's save that. Yeah. Um, yeah we'll wait. Like the, the rest of the team, this isn't like a good team. Like, what are you thinking? You need these futures. Your goal should be to be good in two years. Can we also going to be a tough thing to do anyway? So like, what? Oh, whatever. Can we also talk about this report that Adams under no circumstance seems willing to eat any of Eichel's salary because I, I could not disagree with that more. 
At no, this- I've always, Kevin Adams has heard what I heard in school that money is dirty and you should not put it in your mouth. Listen, a wise man once said, and by a wise man, I mean great friend of the podcast, Andy Meyer, life is too short to care about the salary cap in five years. Okay. And while that may seem short-sighted, by and large, it's true. Because you know why, Taylor? Because you can figure it out when you get there, okay? If we're talking about for the next five years, you have to eat an additional $2 million worth of salary. You know some other names of guys who, you were pay- who the Sabres were paying years after they weren't on the team anymore? Cody Hodgson, which I think, I'm pretty sure they're still paying him now. Um, Billy Lano, like, obviously. Well, but those guys were in all cap space, though. Only well, one... When they bought out those three guys, only one of them was against the cap. And I always forget which one it was. It wasn't Airhoff. I'm pretty sure it Hodgson was... and Lano Bolt. I know Hodgson. No, I... there was two compliance buyouts. One of the two. I don't know which one it was. But they're, they, you have to pay all of them. Only one's against the cap because they got compliance buyouts from the 2012-13 lockout. So when they got rid of Airhoff, Lano, and Hodgson in short order, probably was – well, they got rid of – well, it wasn't Airhoff because I got Airhoff. I know it's not Airhoff, but I'm pre- I could have. I'm almost positive it's Hodgson. Then I thought it was both Hodgson and Lano. It's, they still were paying. But it's it must probably be Hodgson. Okay. No, you so know got, what it is because they got rid of Lano the year before too. So those okay. are their two compliance buyouts. Okay. So they have Hodgson against the cap. Okay. So Cody Hodgson. Yeah. Well, they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to, but <laughs> is that still like is that detrimental to the team right now in their in their cap situation? Has it been for the past couple of years? Oh, uh, what was his, what's his number, Ben? Nah, give me a minute. Hold on here. But I will say that. Just- I mean, maybe because they went up, they went up to the cap and went over accidentally because they didn't realize Darlene had that bonus or whatever. Or right, no, was well, it was it Darlene's you know, bonus or whatever it was. I think that's a pretty extenuating circumstance and also just <laughs> embarrassing on the front office's part that they did not realize. Oh man. Old Mac, what are you doing, buddy? So but anyways, though, my, get, getting back to my point, whatever, I don't care, regardless, whether it has an impact or not. And I'm still I'm looking for this now. But uh, all I'm going to say here, it, oh, wait, oh, something might be happening here. Hold on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers also has mono. No, no, no. Kevin Weeks. Oh, baby. Um, live breaking on the pod holy jesus for all asking my understanding is the flames have kachuk an upcoming first round pick a former first round pick and two prospects in the eichel sweepstakes with the sabers kevin adams what are you doing bud are you okay is this guy okay okay what is going on right now because two days or yesterday we hear and we had actually this uh, we had gone back and forth with NHL rumors daily that the supposed offer that was that was put on the table on Friday from Vegas was Krebs, Tuck, either uh, Brendan Brisson or Dylan Coughlin and a conditional first round pick, which, again, if that's the offer that's on the table and the cost is retaining a million or two, do it. If this is the offer that you have right now. What are, what are the Sabres doing? How are you not accepting this? So do you think I, they're con- concerned at all about Kachuk? No. Uh, well, uh, no, flip him then again. he's You have RFA rights on him if he doesn't want to re-sign here. Or you bring him in and tell him, hey, we're going to make you the captain next year. Like, come in, be a good sport, and we'll build the team around you. I would yeah, love I mean, to have they, Matthew Kachuk. Oh, my yeah. God. 
Yeah, I mean, just in terms of being able to resign him. But then I get well. Then if not, you have him as an RFA. Trade him in the offseason next year, and you get a huge haul for him. That's fair. So I don't. Yeah, that's these. These are very interesting. Um, what wow. are the Sabers doing? Is the former first round pick Zary? Was Zary I don't know. Yeah, but is he, he is he a former first round pick? He is a first round pick. Yes. What I had said is exactly how Kevin Weeks had tw- had tweeted it out. I, I mean, dude, what what are we doing here? So that, that's great. <laughs> I'm so, speechless. What are we What are we doing? So here's the thing, too. Keep in mind when it comes to the Eichel stuff, and it comes to if you're talking retention of money or cap space. The O'Reilly trade happened three and a half years ago. I think a lot of people were like, what the hell? Uh, what's Bottrell doing? But, you know, I think we've come to find out it isn't all Bottrell's fault, right? Right. So keep that in mind for the situation when it comes to retaining money and salary in cash space, whatever. Um, if we're talking about a mil, like if we're talking about like two million, if two million, do it. let me, let me do ask it. you this. Okay. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say is that if you have Krebs, Brisson, Tuck, and a first on the table, and you can put conditions on the first that if he doesn't play in the playoffs this year, it gets kicked to 2023 or whatever you want it to be. If you're retaining $2 million to get that over the goal line, I don't even blink at it. I don't even care. The cap is going to be going up, especially considering the fact that it has been stagnant due to the pandemic. It's going to go up. Like, Ooh, no, it's not. Not in four years. You don't think so? Not, not any serious amount. No, it's the cap's in trouble. Like, I mean, so they, they have to work their way. You don't think that five, like to, over the next five years that it's going ser- to increase? Not a lot. I, because look at attendance. Look at attendance. Fair. Attendance is a huge driver and it's bad in so many places, not just here. Look at the game last night. That's it's like it was in a morgue and it was a five, three win for them. Yeah. Uh, so I think the cap, they're in real problem because they basically have to work their way up revenue wise to get to the point where they, this cap even makes sense. Like they don't, the owners, it's not, it doesn't behoove them to lower the cap because it would create a huge mess. So what they do is they keep the cap. That's the reason it's flat. It's going to be flat for a number. It's the same as it was in 2019, 20, and it might be that way in 2023, 24, um, because basically the players uh, are getting a higher sh- have last year. And I guess maybe even the year before are getting a higher share than they probably should because of how far down revenue is, but they can't really change the salary cap, you know, unprecedented circumstances. So they have a lot of money to earn back before they even start uh, increasing in revenue to get the cap up. And it, it looks like they're uh, doing a poor job to start with attendance. So I think it's going to be very slow build. Like it'll be, the cap will be more four years from now than it is right now, but I don't think it's going to be any, by any serious amount. Interesting. I wasn't saying exponential. I'm just saying like projecting out like five years or however long you would be retaining money for that by the end of it. If you do a couple of years. Four more seasons, because let's say this season doesn't Correct. count or matter. Also, so the Sabres are retaining on Hodgson, or they have money on Hodgson this season and next season. Uh, just below $800,000 per season. Yeah, so he, uh, it's very sad what happened to Cody Hodgson, because he should have been a, uh, you know, a bad fancy stat guy that puts up points. Yeah. For a bad team, that's not nothing. Mm-hmm. But 
anyways, yeah, though, his uh, illness. Well, so, yeah, right, but, but the thing is, people people on Twitter were suggesting to do more than that. Oh, and I, I think when you have to when you get to a certain level, you got to start thinking like the Sabres don't have to be bad. But, you know, it's not a rule that they have to be bad and cheap in like two years. You know, I'm not that I want to sign a bunch of big free agents. I think that's usually a uh, well, what were you it's a fool's errand in general. What were you seeing that people were people suggest like five million dollars? Oh, but that's I, abs- half. No, that is not even. But no. do you think some people may not know that you have to retain for the entirety of the deal? It's uh, yeah, you can't no, it's do it year per, by year. Every single year, yes. Yeah, so there's no there's no like we'll retain this. Now. That's why you only ever see him retain money in very very few deals. But the deals you see it in are at the deadline when it's an expiring player. You don't see it like a lot. Well, but I think the Leafs maybe retained some of Phil Kessel's money back in uh, whenever they traded for him, 2015, when the when Pittsburgh traded for him. Maybe they did. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this Calgary trade, I mean, if you're going to get a first from Calgary, that's probably mid to eh, mid-teens to early 20s, maybe. Well, it depends. Maybe they'll just completely have the bottom drop off. And they will finish bottom 10. And then you get like a 10th overall pick. The other thing is, and I think you probably agree with me on this. They're going to have to deal with pick restrictions, right? Protections. Oh yeah. I, I think that that's. A or like maybe like. No matter where he goes. Yeah. Go like if Michael has to play a certain number of games next year for you to get, like if they're going to give us a 2023 yeah. first rounder, if Eichel plays 50, for example, if he doesn't, it's a second rounder, for example, the Sabres will have to deal with that. Like, you'd rather not have to deal with it because maybe Uncle just breaks his leg or something. But he has a broken, not a broken neck, but he has a neck injury. So you, there's no real way around this. And you want to move on. You want to do your own rebuild, Kevin Adams. Like, it's oh it's worth doing uh, this. How in the he- I? Oh man. You got to think that if the Sabres haven't accepted what Kevin Weeks is reporting right now, it's 100% due to the fact that they don't want to retain salary. But it's like, come on. Like, if this is a couple million or something like that, if it's not five million. Well, what if, what <laughs> if, would this change it at all for you? If what if the former first rounder was Monahan? No, it wouldn't at all because you just trade him too. Yeah, I don't know. Then what you're, still, you're getting two prospects still out of it. Uh, let me see. What's Wait, what Monahan's? What's Monahan Monahan's was contract? a first rounder. No, I know, but what's his contract situation? Uh, Let's see here. To, or if you got it. Yeah. Sean Monahan, guy that kind of you know you don't hear much about Sean Monahan these days. You do not. Twenty two, twenty three. Okay. I think he goes through. Okay, so that's. Oh uh, yeah, you'd have to flip him. But a good deadline flip because people have been looking for guys with. A year and a half left on their deal. Yep. Anyway, oh, what if you what if you get him and flip him to Vegas, William Carlson? I don't know how long Carlson's out for, but obviously you're not getting Peyton Krebs back at that point. But still, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I dude, if, if I'm t- I, I want to know what the number is that's being talked about for the retaining because I I just don't understand how. From both of the reported deals from both Vegas and Calgary, how this deal has not gotten made yet. Yeah, that's 
it's uh it's jarring so i think this like is that, it's of- waiting too long now like you yeah. and i both have agreed that kevin adams needs to stand ground stand firm not take anything less than what he's comfortable with and the asking price should be high because if the flames in vegas are both in agreement for how eichel wants to do this Yes, the surgery is there, there's a risk involved. And of course, with the pick protections like that is going to be reflected, but it's getting to the point now that not only do we have two reported really good offers on the table, there's being talks of grievance filing being thrown out there. And I think he's waiting too long now. I think what we are hearing now is the best that we're going to get. And I'm good with it. Like pull the trigger and get it done. Yeah, I waiting any longer is a it's honestly it's a gamble. But speaking of gambling, let's hear for word from our friends at DraftKings. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their games, and if they do, you win two hundred dollars in free bets. Winner, winner, having salad for dinner Give it tonight because it's healthy. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> chicken dinner give the people what they want taylor Uh, winner winner chicken dinner i didn't write that someone else did who (laughs) makes a lot more money than me if sportsbook isn't available in your state yet DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contests DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit so Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 in any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Any last thoughts on the Eichel saga, Taylor, before we sign off? Oh, my God. Not really. I realized. What? That, well, actually, no, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jinx it if I say it, but I don't care. I'm going to anyways, because at this point, whatever. What if this is actually finally the time it happens where we say in an episode, by the time you're listening to this, the Eichel trade may have happened already, and then it actually happens. But now I probably just jinxed us, so it's not going to happen. And we'll all be doomed for eternity and live our miserable lives forever okay so i'll say in case that does happen i like the offers that have been reported the one we tweeted out yesterday and the calgary one we just mentioned i like them and i couldn't think of a calgary offer in my head actually i was trying to think about it they don't have a great prospect pool like some top 100 lists only have zary on them so yes it would have to be a first round pick plus kachuk i mean this is a lot of pieces we're talking about here yeah you're and the thing too is that you don't know a former first round pick can mean a lot of things. So, I mean, looking through the Flames um, draft history, we'll we'll start back with with Monahan because he is can he is a first round pick um, from 2013. Moving up, 14 Sam Bennett, he's gone. No first rounder in 2015. 2016 was Kachuk. 2017 is Yusuf Valamaki, who is a defenseman. Um, nothing in 18, 2019 is Jacob Pelletier. Um, I don't, is he still with them actually? I, or did he get moved? Oh yeah, he is. Okay. So he's still with them. He's in, uh, stocked in their AHL affiliate right now. Zary is 2020 
and Matt Coronado was last year. So I'm interested in anybody. Just I, I'm interested in somebody that's just going to get this deal done. So whatever. I mean, Kachuk, I think the, the hurdle there is convincing him to sign long-term here. Um, but in the worst case scenario that that doesn't happen, you still have his RFA rights and you can still make a trade. Obviously we saw from the Ryan Hart deal that not having a guy sign can hurt their value. But I think Matthew Kachuk is a play driving winger, which are rare in the league. Um, and I really like how he plays. Like he's the kind of guy that you play against him and he just pisses off every other team and he's really good. Um, good numbers by all accounts. And Kevin Weeks mentioned this too, you know, future potential captain material. So there's, there's a leadership aspect in there too. He's been around for a bit, comes from a, a hockey family, which, you know, the hockey guys love that. <sighs> I, you know, a first round or two, whether this year or next, I really like from the flames. Um, and then you're saying two prospects and, and, and a former first rounder. I, I just, I don't see well, actually, let me ask you this, Taylor, of those two offers, which uh, of the Vegas offer. And then this one that Kevin Weeks just has for the flames, which one would you take if they were both laying in front of you on the table? I like the idea of having Kachuk that's in, like we said, that's someone that's in between someone that's good for now and good for the future. And it's someone that you can be sure of. And if you, if he's, you know, inspired to, uh, to sign as an RFA, you know, you can, have him for years and you're pretty sure he's good uh and meanwhile if, if not turn around and trade him i guess do what they should have what they should have did with reinhardt well i guess they couldn't have because that ship had sailed but what we had said we wish they would have done with reinhardt which is you pretty much pitch him on signing by saying that he's going to be the face of the franchise and the captain and you want to build around him and if you can convince him to to do that i mean i i i say go for it you know because i, I feel like the way that uh, you know, we've been looking at the Vegas situation and even with Anaheim too, where it's like of the guys that you're going to get back, are they going to be close to Jack Eichel? And that answer is no. Um, especially in the Vegas case, when we're talking about Peyton Krebs, like he would have to completely go off. But then now that we're at the point that we have a couple of marquee pieces in mind, it's a matter of comparing them. And it's now it's, you know, rather than is Peyton Krebs going to get close to Jack Eichel, it's is Peyton Krebs going to have the same impact that a guy like Kachuk would have. And then whoever else, the other pieces are in a deal like that and, and stacking those up. And I mean, you know what you have in Kachuk and if you could get him to commit, I mean, I don't know if you'd want to, that's a, that's a big if, but I think that's where I would lean to at this point. If you're talking Kachuk, Zary, a first, and I mean, even if it is Moynihan, just do it. Another piece to flip. That's more valuable than anything Vegas can give you to flip too. That's true. Absolutely. Um, I think it's uh, also probably time to talk a little bit about uh, this week. Uh, they played the sharks. Well, we talked during the last podcast is when they, when they were in the midst of losing to the Kings when we were yep. talking, but the sharks game uh, that was not good. The goaltending looked bad. Finally looks like it was like, Anderson started to look 41 years old. Um, the team, I wouldn't say dominated. They didn't get like posterized, I would say, but the defense started to look bad, showing cracks in the way they did last year, Galena in particular. And how, frankly, uh, the offense didn't 
it didn't uh I, they scored three goals so that's not bad but it was like two of those just felt like you know jeff skinner specials yeah well it's like we've been saying they were they were gonna come back down things were gonna even out eventually and they weren't playing at a sustainable pace um before the season started, when we had Chad and Anthony on, what do we all say? You know, Chad, Anthony, and I were around 70, 70-ish points. You were a hair below. They're not going to play at the pace that they were playing at. And just because they had a nice start doesn't really make a difference for anything, again, because of the strength of schedule for the start of the year. So while it was fun and I had a great time, you know, the entire time that this has been happening, I've been kind of ready to you know, batten down the hatches here and expect the worst because we knew it was going to come. And it seems like it's starting right now. We'll see how, you know, the goaltending especially holds up. I mean, the thing I'm really curious about is what the breakdown of games is going to be because yes, Craig Anderson has looked very good for right now, but the guy's 41 years old and we're not talking about a shortened season again here. We're talking about this guy potentially having to play 40 plus games and, how is he going to hold up with the traveling and, and just, you know, he's not going to be playing back to backs and having Tokarski there, I guess helps. But again, your backup is Dustin Tokarski. So what do we really have to expect here? You know, I, this is a team that is going to, by all accounts, be a bottom five team, bottom 10 team, if we want to be, you know, safe. But um, I, 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 my feelings haven't changed, you know, it, it was fun watching them win, but that's really, kind of what this season is all about is watching for the young guys and getting them in situations that are going to serve them for their long-term development right now and and seeing how they're going to evolve over the year, you know? So a couple of losses right now, it's not like (laughs) breaking my resolve or anything like that. I, I really, not to say I don't care, but I'm much more concerned for how their runs of games are going to be come January you know, post-Olympic time, you know, when you get into like March and everything and see how they're really going to be able to stack up. Um, Cause that's going to be the real test of, of where they're at. You know, we don't really know a lot right now from like a sample size perspective. I mean, they, they've barely played any games yet, so it's going to take time. And, you know, while it, it sucks that they're going to start losing, it's, it's not unexpected. So I'm not really going to lose any sleep over, you know, this week. Yeah. So I, I also, when watching the game, I mostly agreed with all that. I uh, kind of expected it to come down this way at some point, so I wasn't really frustrated. Uh, but I thought it was a little weird. So the Sharks moved to six and three last night, unexpectedly. They uh, were not predicted to do anything good this year, let's say. It was not supposed to be a good year the way the last two years have been good years for them. Uh, but I was uh, struck by how bad the vibes were. And I'll, I'll say I agree with, you know, the Sharks are not probably as bad as the Sabres talent-wise, but I don't think that they're going to be doing anything interesting uh, in the postseason. I don't think they're, go- they're going to the playoffs. I know they're in a bad division. I think they're going to fall off as well. Uh, so here's the thing, though. The vibes were terrible. And the Sharks, pretty much the entire time we've been hockey fans, have been a really cool team. I remember when I was a kid, they were super interesting. So they were relatively new. They weren't that new. They were almost a decade old by the time I knew what hockey was, but they started to get good in the late nineties. They had cool teal jerseys. They always had good players. They always had at least one guy who was an all-star level guy, usually multiple, usually really exciting team. They had skated out of a giant shark mouth. They always had a packed house. 
they're in a shark mouth really gives you a competitive edge it does i they i didn't even know where san jose was at the time but there's not another team in san jose in north american in the in the four major north american sports um they were just a it was a really cool team and then they were they traded for thornton and they remained really good they've been good almost pretty much until the 2019-20 season they were good almost my life whole life without winning a cup they only missed the playoffs like once or twice that I remember. They had so many good players. Pavelski, Couture, Marlowe, Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, there's a defenseman I'm definitely forgetting. Boyle. Boyle played yep. there for a Boyle while. Boyle was there. Oh, yeah. Um, our boy. <laughs> our boy came from there, Craig Revey. He was there for a little while, right? He was. Uh, oh, yeah, he was there. Brian Campbell played there a little bit. Brian Campbell played there, too. So, and they just had so many <laughs> That would be players. a really fun episode to have. Just name some old Western Conference guys. <laughs> let's let's do let's do that for an episode soon. Because I feel like we could we could have some fun there. Oh yeah, and they so this offseason they more or less got rid of Evander Kane. It's not official yet, but he's never playing there. Fesatoskala. Fesatoskala. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> our our dude Nabokov. So. Oh, yeah. The team now, it's like I was watching us. I was like, who are a lot of these guys? I don't know who these guys are. And there's a lot of guys who are still there. So, like, from when they were good, it's Coacher, Tomas Hurdle, Finn. <laughs> I mean, Brent, Brent Burns is there. Uh, he's not nearly as scary as he used to be. Carlson and Vlasic are both hurt? Or is Vlasic mm-hmm. just not on the team anymore? No, he, they're hurt, yeah. Oh, okay, so those are both big salary guys. That's the other thing. They still have a ton of salary, uh, depending on what happens to Kane. And like, so they have Eklund, who's a good young player. Maybe he'll be a good forward for them. Who is some of these other guys? Who are these guys? Who's Balsers? Who's Barabanov? I know who Nick Benino and Andrew Cagliano are, but those are some of the more recognizable names. Dalin, some guy named Leonard, a Peterson, a Weatherby. That's a, that's a fake name. That's an NHL name, like NHL creative player name. That's a guy uh, wearing like a mustache. Who's like, just trying to like get into the league. <laughs> They have two guys named Horrible Merkley. Disguise. They only have two guys named Merkley. Well, the one was a first round pick, Ryan Merkley, but he's been like issues surrounding him, I guess. I feel like he was one of those like culture problem people that uh, uh, guys didn't like a lot. So his stock fell, but he was supposed to be a good uh, offensive defenseman. So oh, he think, scored last night. Well, I was going to say, I think he's really getting his first shake in the NHL now. Yeah. And they have Marco Ferraro is Ray Ferraro's yeah. son, I believe. So that's what he, that's his claim to fame. And then they have Reimer in that. James Reimer. Dude's been putting up numbers. I don't believe in him. <laughs> and I... Uh, you don't believe in Auden Hill? Come on, man. That tandem of Hill and Reimer? Whew. Wow. Couple that sounds there. almost as good as the Sabres. James <laughs> Reimer has been on so many teams, and he has never been... Uh, never inspired confidence. But, yeah, bad vibes. But it did get me thinking. The Sabres hadn't played there in about two years, so they really haven't had a West Coast trip in a while because of last season being what it was. So that leads me to our quiz. Uh-oh. Yeah, so there are there are 23 NHL teams that the Sabres did not play last year, and they didn't play at any point between March 2020 and December 2020 either because of a lot of other reasons that we won't get into. So there's a lot of teams we haven't seen in forever, so I just wanted to check in and see if we – still are familiar with these teams. Like, for example, who are they coached by? Oh, dude, no. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it shouldn't be that hard, but it's kind of hard. Oh, Taylor. Well, you know what? To keep it easy, we'll go in alphabetical order. (laughs) 
The, keep it easy. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> I know how you like to memorize coaches by the alphabet. All, all the time. All the time. Ugh. So, Jesus. No, let's we'll uh, get into it here. So, for starters, Anaheim. Dallas Eakins. That's correct. Arizona. Though, a very, very French Canadian man. Um, well, that's not incorrect. <laughs> Andre Tuyorni or whatever. Torni? Tuyorni? Yeah, I'll give it to you. I don't know how to say it either. It's T O U R I G N Y. Okay, we'll take that. Boston. Oh, Bruce. Bruce Cassidy. That's correct. Um, Buffalo. <laughs> Who are we coached by? Donald Meatballs the third. That's right. Uh, who is Calgary coached by? Uh, Jack Eichel's future coach, Daryl Sutter. That's correct. Who's Carolina coached by? Rod Brindamore. Oh, epic answer, bro. Yeah, um, sick. Chicago, who are they coached by for now? Coalition. <laughs> for now. <laughs> Isn't it? Is Coal- it a joke? What? Is it, or is it a nickname for him? Are you calling Isn't them the Coalition? Jeremy Coalition? I thought it was Colleton. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. I thought it was Cola. Maybe nah, I don't know. I just know that it is spelled funky. Yeah, I believe it's Jericho. Anyway, Colorado. Uh, Bednar, Jared Bednar. That's right. Columbus. I have no idea. I don't know who this guy is either. Um, apparently played 13 years in the NHL. Brad Larson. He sounds like one of those guys with like the mustache and top hat. Who's like, just like a fake NHL person, but okay. Yeah. NPC coach. Um, Dallas stars. Oh God. I don't know. Since they switched. I don't know. Wow. This is a conference Western conference champion, Rick bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, alas, what was it? What was that? Like 2019, he became the coach. Yeah, so it was before COVID. Uh, what's his name? Jim Nill stepped down right. to go to rehab, and Bonus became the coach, and they went to the cup. But he's probably going to get fired this year. Um, D- Detroit. Jeff Blashill. Yeah, still. <laughs> Somehow. Uh, he is 172, 221, and 62 in his career. Oh, baby. Good Fire for him. Me. Edmonton. Uh, Tippett. That's correct. Uh, Florida. Now Andrew Burnett. That's right. Uh, Los Angeles. Um, almost Buffalo Sabres coach, Todd McClellan. That's right. Um, I thought it was still Willie Green, but uh, it's not. <laughs> uh, he's been the coach since April 2019, so I guess I should have known that. So that, I mean, two full seasons in a little yeah. bit here. Minnesota. Not an idea. Not a single clue. It's Dean Evanson. Oh. He took over during the 2020 season. And, Good for him. Uh, yeah. He unlocked Kirill Kaprizov. Um, <laughs> Montreal. Uh, Ducharme. Dominic. Dominique Ducharme. See, I, th- I thought that would be one of the hard ones, but they were also in the cup last year. So. Yeah. He was a in-season fire. Or higher, uh, I should say. Yep. Uh, two years in a row. Team that lost in the cup uh, fired their coach. Crazy. Nashville. Mm. Uh, 
I don't know. Um, who took over after Laviolette? I don't know. Who is it? John Hines. Okay. All right. I feel like I, I got a role coming right here. I think I, I know a bunch of them coming up now because I have like a bunch of names in my head. So I'm ready. Rapid. All right. Fire. New Jersey. Oh, our sweet, sweet, sweet King Lindy Ruff. Yeah. A lot of people called him sweet. That was the way he was often described. <laughs> uh, the New York Islanders. Uh, that would be Barry Trotz. That's right. Uh, the New York Rangers. Gerard Gallant. That's correct. He, uh, He's new. Uh, the Ottawa Senators. DJ Smith, right? It is. Still there, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's only his uh, second season. So Shocking. Oh, it was his third season. Sorry. Ooh, okay. Good for DJ. I think also he interviewed for the Sabres job. Ah, oh, man. We let DJ Smith go. Damn it. Um, Philadelphia. Vigneault. That's right. Uh, Pittsburgh. Mike Sullivan. That's correct. Um next uh san jose bobby boo that's right former saber bob bugner who played till 2006 in the nhl how about that i didn't know that good for him seattle kraken uh dave hackstall correct st louis blues craig barube another mid-season hire that went to the cup Uh his uh, first year uh this this is a tough one tampa bay lightning who could it be other than john cooper that's right. All right. Uh, and then Toronto. Sheldon Keefe. Yep. Fake name. Uh, I know he's a real guy, but come on, man. This guy's name is Sheldon Keefe. That's, that's from my uh, video game. It's called Create a Canadian. Um, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Loser. Just kidding. Vancouver. Really. Uh, um, uh, Travis Green. That's right. NHLer. Uh, Vegas. Uh, Pete DeBoer. Yeah, come on, guys. What are you doing? You're trying to win a cup here. <laughs> Washington. Uh, uh, another Pete. Laviolette. That's right. Pete's wild. Uh, and lastly, Winnipeg. And then it with another P, Paul Maurice. Yep. The second longest tenured coach. Do you believe it? Jesus. Do you, you know Paul Maurice is like? one of the winningest coaches in NHL history. I did know that actually. Is he only, is it behind Cooper? Is Cooper the longest tenured? Yes. So yeah. So Maurice is second. He got hired in January of 14. His record is coach is career coach. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. He's been a coach for many years. He has coached 1,656 games and he has won 762 of them. So less than half. Um, so he's 762, 670, 99 ties and 125 overtime losses. Anyone who has a 99 ties to their name, you know, has uh, been coaching for a long time. Yeah. Um, but Too yeah, long. so he, uh, yeah, he's, uh, that, that's not a, that's not a fantastic record. I wouldn't say, uh, but he's been around forever. And the third longest tenured coach, uh, is Jeff Flashell. <laughs> Wow. Jeff Blashill, you go, buddy. Yeah. All right. Wow. How many did I get? Uh, You got all but five. Cool. I'll take that. That's one of my better uh, performances this year. Yeah. 26 or no, 27. That would be 27 of 32. There we go. 
All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites and on your streaming platform of choice as both are putting out excellent content pretty much daily. Also, make sure you're taking advantage of great deals at DraftKings by using promo code THPN at checkout. We will be back with a brand new episode on Monday, and I'm not going to say it, but hopefully something happens before then. Uh, but either way, everybody, thank you all so much for uh, tuning in. We hope you have a great weekend. And as one little self plug, if you're looking for plans this weekend on Saturday night, I am playing at Jackrabbit on Elmwood and our good friend of the podcast, TJ Luckman is filling in on base with my cover band. So come check that out. 10 o'clock. Uh, I think it's like $5 should be a good time, but yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in. We will talk to you again soon. This has been straight up savers. <laughs>